Gig Gab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode 33 for Monday, September 28th, 2015. folks and welcome to GigGab, the working musicians podcast here in durham new hampshire i'm dave hamilton and here in las gatas california it's paul kent but actually tonight i am in drummer heaven <laughs> this is true <laughs> i got to my two good buddies two of the greatest drummers i've ever played with on the show tonight so dave of course and then also joining us tonight from are you in Tampa, Florida? Is that where you are? West Dan? Palm West Palm Beach. West Palm Beach, Florida, the one and only Dan East. What's happening? Thank you for having me. Hey man, happy birthday, Dan. When when we scheduled this, I didn't realize it was your birthday, and then and then it hit me as soon as I put it on the calendar. I'm like, whoa, whoa, he agreed to come happy on. Happy birthday, birthday, Dan. Oh, thank you. I'm I, you know, I've been doing this my whole life. I'm used to working on my birthday, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way, especially to hang with you guys is always always a pleasure. It is a pleasure. It's, you know, the, 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 for folks listening, the three of us used to run into each other at Macworld Expo all the time because we all kind of had work there in various capacities. And, uh, and I guess you were the first to, to kind of break off from that as, as things in your life took a different path, Dan. So it's, uh, we don't get to see each other, uh, in person as often as we would like, but doing this is going to, you know, begin to make up for it. So. And cool. I got this, I have this memory of Dan, we played one of our shows, I think it was one at the Red Devil, yeah. where you went out in front of the, in front of the kit to play and Dan took over this throne for you. And, uh, that was a sublime time for me. I mean, for a cat to just walk in and just lay down that U2 stuff, you know, while you did your thing up front and I just looked back and Dan was just driving the bus. It was it was a great, great, great moment. That was a lot of fun that night. You remember? I told yeah. Do you, I remember, you remember Dan? Yeah, I remember it very well. I actually, I, I had so much fun and I, I, I always found it to be one of the great things when you can jump in with people that are, you know, for one thing and you can, and you know, they're equally gifted in another area, but you don't get to see that in the same way. And you guys, I know you guys both play all the time and I know you do really well. And, and it was just, it was just such a rush. And on top of that, I remember also mixing one of the Cirque du Max actually, which yep. was really cool too. And, and it's, it's just the coolest thing in the world. It is just pure joy. And all of those gigs were always really cool. Yeah. yeah they were great. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. So we're talking to Dan tonight because Dan has actually got this interesting career because we had met him through mostly professional, you know, things that were, would happen at Macworld. And then, I think it was actually that night where Dan said, Oh no, 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 dude, I do, I do 150 gigs a year. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then he started to tell me that, Oh yeah, no, I'm a full-time working musician. And then as I started to get to know Dan better, just hearing about, you know, all the gigs he was doing, playing, running sound for people, building this life uh, and income as a musician. It's really kind of a fascinating uh, thing to me, Dan. Maybe you could just kind of fill people in. How much do you play? How much do you, how long have you been playing? <laughs> You're originally from Philly, right? Yeah, I'm originally from Philadelphia. I made it my mission to be involved in music no matter what. I, there are things that I do that I didn't know that I could do when I first started out. And I've probably had about every job you can have, literally, from hauling gear to mixing shows to running lights, worked for record labels, did merchandising been a tour manager, been a drummer, been a keyboard player, bass player, guitar player, but I always wanted to work in the business, whatever that entailed, I would figure out a way to do it. So I have literally done, and not a little, not in that dabble here and there. I was very fortunate that I learned professional audio from the great mentors of my life who, who are the pioneers in professional audio, uh, guys like Don Pearson and Marty Garcia, who invented literally some of the technologies uh, that are still used today. I've been involved in every aspect that you can be because I love it. I've, it's, it's what I've known my whole life. And actually what's kind of funny is I've only found out a few years ago that there was music in the family prior that although, you know, we had a you know family that sang and whatever, uh, 
other than uh, my siblings and I, year generations back, there was a, a pretty well-known relative that we were never told about because in the early days, it was not a, a desirable career. You were not looked upon as a as a as a, anything other than a second class citizen if you were in the entertainment business. So we we had no idea until uh my mother actually wrote a book. Huh. And I had to she said, "Look, I want you to read this and and have you, you know, you obviously need a release." And it as it turns out, my great great aunt was Sophie Tucker. Oh my god. No kidding. Which, I had no idea. I had no, we, we never knew these things. And so when that all came together and there were letters written to me when I was born and all kinds of things. So, uh, it was in the blood and we just didn't know it. And I mean, literally until just a few years ago. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Isn't so, it wild? so let's uh, take us through your year. Let's just say calendar year 2014. How many gigs did you do? Of all type, everything summed together. Everything summed together, I would say probably probably 200, I would guess. And how many of those were were playing drums and how many of those were sound? How many of those were other things? It's balanced because when uh, a few years ago, I had actually injured my back. And so I got more into just doing session work. I had a phenomenal drum tech. I've actually had two. I've been very fortunate, although, uh, you know, paid paid them well uh and uh and started to do session work where i could just walk in and that sort of ties into some of the stuff i wanted to discuss with you guys tonight in terms of dealing with companies and endorsements but um being into the studio uh started out just going into local studios uh that i knew engineers were familiar with what i did and said call me anytime you know and uh, would pick up dark time, you know, after hours, uh, low budget session work and, and things like that until I got to the point where I was in the regular rotation. Beyond that, uh, mixing, uh, probably, I would say live shows between uh, medium sized venues, the, you know, around 500 to 1,000 seats, probably uh, four or five of those a month and some club dates. It depends. What's been really kind of exciting is that uh, just recently um, I got a call from an old friend. I used to handle her band in New York and a great band, great singer, great people. And she and her brother have a club in West Palm. Really cool, real neighborhood bar, real bar, good tavern food, a surprisingly large stage for, for that kind of a place. And they really wanted great sound. And so they would call me when they would have bigger shows, the touring acts would come through and either I knew them or they knew me, or they would call me and say, Hey, we have this, this group coming in. We really need to have, you know, real deal. And so that turned into them calling me recently, more recently and saying, look, we want to do this right. We want to have a reputation for having only great music and we want to clean everything up and so that we can do this. And uh, so that's been my latest project. And I'm, I've been there a few nights a week just building that place out. And we've literally rewired from the ground up. And when I say that I've literally done every job you can do in this business, huh. um, I, 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 my, we used to joke about the way I was taught many years ago was if someone gives you you know, uh, you know, four thirty amp circuits and a rig, you should be able to put it together in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere. And so that's what we did. We took the place apart and rebuilt this, this venue still a work in progress because we do it a piece at a time so that if anything goes wrong week by week, uh, we know what it is and how to fix it. And, uh, even as recently as today, I got word that more components have come in. And so it's, it, word is now out and it's exciting to see something like that because now that it's a couple of months in, there are people that have said, Hey, you know, we started playing here. We, we learned some stuff from you about how to set up like what, well, for example, it's a wide stage in a shallow room. So when the band's set up on stage, I have them face the amps in towards the drummer, which makes much easier time of mixing in front of house on a wide stage because they don't have speaker coverage dead center. Right. Uh, 
at time zero. So now we can fill in the sound. You use the, the speakers to create a sound in the room. And it's been really cool to see that, especially some of the younger kids who are learning the right way, helping them protect their hearing, getting them some cool gear and trying to, to foster the, the, the talent that we see as being really promising. And man, there are some really good young kids now. Uh, you, I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen them even, you know, kids that are just old enough to play in the club and they're playing classic rock stuff and they know every word they've read every liner note. It's, it's really, it's really impressive. It's really, really cool. That's inspiring all by itself. Say, yeah. Through the, through the magic of Facebook, I've kind of watched your career over the past seven, eight years. You're a stalker. You've been that cat. I am. Well, I mean, you're, you're always there. So, so, but. But you're that cat who would who would do a hundred mile drive if the if the gig was right and get home to sleep in your own bed and you know that type of thing. So you you really have kind of like blood, sweat, and tears built a life of music. Was there ever a time, ever a year, where he's like, uh, I don't know if this is going to work out, and you you second guess yourself? No, because it's the road dog mentality. And if you've seen the stuff I put online, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I've always kept. The, the online presence about what I do for music. It's, it's really what it's for. It's, it's really how I communicate with a lot of the gigs and how I, I hear from people over time. Um, if I get frustrated with a situation, I do something else, but i never get out of music because it's all I've ever wanted to do. And it's, it's the joy to be able to do it. And it's I, I, the only way I can, I can explain it is, there's just a, a moment when you know that there's a, a distinct difference in the way things are going based on, and I don't mean my presence necessarily, but, but when everything comes together, that, that moment where you just have that, that bliss of, man, this is, everything is just right. Everything's just right. And it doesn't matter if I'm mixing, if I'm playing, if I'm, arranging, producing, it doesn't make any difference. It's the, the, the feel has to be there. And that's the stuff that I work with. And that's, and you guys know this, it doesn't matter whether I'm doing tech stuff or if I'm doing music stuff, I'm very particular when it comes to how I pick and choose what I do. And that's probably why I never get sick of it. That's probably yeah. why I never walk from it is that I will only, 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 only work with the absolute best of the best. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to like it personally. Um, Style-wise, you mean musically? Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to necessarily appeal to my personal taste, but I I like to see, particularly if it's the winner from the starting line, where you just know it's going to be killer. Um, that that's the kind of stuff that I look for, and that's what keeps it fun. I mean, that's really really what keeps it fun. And even with the bands that I deal with now, that that I sort of foster their behavior in a in a small way. Um, I listen first and then if they have my attention, that's, that's it that you know, and that that's any gig. So that keeps it fun. That definitely keeps it literally fun. I mean, I literally, even the hardest working gigs where I come home and you know, I'm a mess or whatever it is. You said you drive a hundred, 150 miles. Well, when you're on the road, 150 miles is nothing. <laughs> so to draw, to do it here when I'm at home, when I can be home in two and a half, three hours, you know, that's nothing. So it's my, it's my joy. That's cool. All right. So why don't we jump in, Dave? So, so you have done something that I think a lot, I mean, you've obviously done many things that people would be enviable, enviable, will have envy for, but <laughs> this concept that, uh, that musicians can cut deals with manufacturers of, of uh, equipment that they love and, uh, and represent it. How do you get into that? And, and maybe you can tell us about, you know, so we met Marty through you. How, uh, how did you get started repping products? it's exactly what I just described to you. I would find these, these things that were just incredible quality sound first, listen first, ask questions later. And, and you guys know, I, I can talk about stuff all day long. I, it, I have to hear it first. And when I hear it, and if it, if I go, okay, that's something different. And I ask three questions of all the, the different vendors and manufacturers. How is it different? How is it better than your competitors? And who's going to want it? But I have to hear it first. The three questions don't come until 
I go, okay. It's got to, it's got to pass the listening test. Otherwise there's no reason to ask the questions. And you, well, it is, it's kind of, well, Dave, you know, with pitch slap is a perfect example. Yep. The pitch slap guys, I I got a call from a buddy. He's like, I don't know what it is about these guys. There's, There's just something to this and I don't know what to do, but go check it out. And I, I went down to this, to this warehouse and, uh, met the, just the coolest guys in the world, but there was a philosophy about what they did. There was a, there was definitely something beyond the manufacturing process. And I said to them, like, just let me, just let me hear it first. And I stood there and I listened. And when I opened my eyes and I saw this little teeny thing yeah. sound massive and tone, not just loud. It wasn't just volume. It had a richness to it. It had a, a, a depth to it. You could feel there was something very primal. And yet it didn't match what your eyes saw. Immediately had me. Immediately. Yeah. And now since that time, we've taken that company and pitch slap drums are some of the most amazing handmade, you know, they're stunning American hand drums that are sound deeper than a djembe in some cases. And they're now we, we have them manufacturing for Pearl. So the Pearl, like the sonic boom and things like that, they're, they're pitch slap drums. Uh, Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Then, and, and uh, it's just, it's just spectacular what they've been able to accomplish. That's a, that's a perfect example. Now, so, and, so your relationship yeah. with some of these companies, and I, cause I want to, I, I just want to kind of delineate it. Um, cause you do so many things, right. <laughs> and, and, and some of what you do is that you consult for companies like, like you, like, it sounds like you're doing with pitch slap and please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so you, I mean, it's, it's a combination thing. You're, you're promoting them because in playing them because you believe in it, but you're also working with them to help them further their business. Right. It, well, yeah, that's, that's how it starts. Sure. What'll happen is, is they'll, they'll, I get the call initially as a performer. Okay. Because, because my, where my visibility varies because I consider myself a, a career musician and I do some gigs that are in front of thousands and I do some gigs that are in front of, you know, a few dozen. It, right. It's, it's work. And I, I love that. That's where it usually starts. And then when I get to talking or the companies look at my background or whatever, and they say, you know, you really get this stuff. What do you think we should do? And then I say, well, look, we can, we can talk about this in a different way if you wish. Sure. But I have to, I, I think one of the most important things about any type of relationship between an artist or an engineer and a manufacturer vendor is you have to start loving, loving the product. Yep. It has to be an extension of yourself. People that want a product just to say they endorse a product it's pointless. It's pointless. It's, yeah. There's nothing. It's not even worth bragging rights because you really don't get any. And it's, it's an unfortunate situation. On the other hand, if you start with a product that you actually use and you go to that company, you say, man, I'm using this because it's my choice because I love the sound of it. I love the feel of it. Strings are a good example. Yep. Head drum heads are a great I, example. I did, I did it with, with drumsticks. There was this one brand that I used for years and I was just obsessed with them. And finally it, it it was all I could do to keep myself from calling them. So I didn't, right. I, I didn't keep myself. I called them and, and struck a deal with them. And of course they're out of business now. So maybe I'm the kiss of death, but, uh, <laughs> but it, you know, it was, on you. it's on me. That's right. Well, yeah, I think there's some other interesting familial ties there, but anyway, uh, that, that helped crater things. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, that makes sense, right? You got to start with where there's this passion and you're not going to use anything else. And you, you'll talk about it anyway, re- whether you're paying them full price for it or you're getting an artist discount or you're getting it for free, whatever, wherever that is, it, it, it's got to start there. Yeah. And the days of free are, unless you're on television a few nights yeah. a week, and I, and I don't mean local TV, free is not really on the table anymore. And when, I think let's, let's talk tough. about that because I think a lot of people see folks like, like you or, or, you know, at, 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 at not that highest level and they see folks, wow, they've got that, you know, that guy has an endorsement deal. Well, why, how, you know, how does that work? And, and I, and I want to dig into this. It's not always free, right? It, in fact, it's mostly not free. You might get things for cost or, what they often call an artist discount, but it's, it's never free. And you, you almost, you almost don't want free on either side of the table. Yep. Look, I've, I've been the artist relations guy for a couple of companies 
I've been on the artist side. I'm still on the artist side with the, mm. with the, uh, the companies that I love. And th- there are, there are some, some really simple things that, that people need to understand about this. First of all, anything that's free has no value to the musician. L- really? Huh. I mean, there, there are people and, and I, I know firsthand that have endorsements with some major manufacturers and, on a, you know, they have an X number of dollar budget worth of gear that gets sent to them and they give the stuff away as gifts because it has no value to them. They don't, it, it doesn't cost them anything. And these are very high end, relatively speaking, you know, in terms of the costs, but they mean nothing at a certain level, at a certain point. That's one thing. Another thing that happens is at, again, at a certain level, let's say, for example, the the lead singer of a given band is using a microphone, let's say. Sure. And so in order to to properly market this as the artist, because the artist is known as a band, the manufacturer may potentially send a whole bunch of gear of all different types, as long as the singer uses the wireless. Well, none of the other gear gets used because it's, it's up to the engineer many times. And as long as the microphone and the microphone logo is visible when they're on TV, they're never going to see any of the other gear, mostly for wardrobe or if it's not something that would necessarily be seen like drum mics, for example. Sure. As long as a singer is using the mic and yet they ship out tons of gear. Well, those days have, have gone for the most part. And especially now with some of the boutique mic- microphone companies coming up and it's not just microphones. I mean, that's just one example. But I think, I think the biggest issue is to appreciate what you have first to pick and choose and to listen and to pay attention and to find the equipment that matches your sound, your style, your technique um, I mean, Paul, I'll tell you right now with guitar players, I mean, what strings do you use? I use a couple of different sets, but mostly Dean Markley's. So you're using Markley's Dean, Dean, by the way, Mac guy, big time, just for our own. <laughs> he's one of us. <laughs> he's, he's one of, he's one of, he's one of the, the crossover music slash Mac people like yeah. ourselves. And, um, uh, even designing his own packaging and everything. He's really cool that way. So I, I, for years I was in a band, we endorsed D Markley strings as well. And there's a, there's a, there's something about the strings, particularly some of the acoustic strings or bronze wounds or something like that, that when you play them, it just feels like your hands are in the right place. I don't know how to explain it any other way. What is it about the Markley strings that you, that you like? Is it the, the long life? Is it the tone? Is it what? what? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the tone. And do you talk to them? Have you reached out to them at all? I've met them a couple of times, but I've never reached out. I, I figure, you know, I'm just a guy in a cover band, you know, what, what would he care? So, so yeah, it, this is perfect. Yeah. So here's the consideration. Okay. The consideration is in even 10 years ago when we were doing artist relations programs, you would look for TV, you would look for this tour, that tour today. What a lot of manufacturers look for is the social media footprint. And so there's this website called next big sound.com. N E X T B I G S O U N D next big sound.com. That is basically a site that takes inventory in so many words, you you're assessing each individual based on their social media footprint. And they give you basically a score. It's a pay service, although you can look at it. And if you're someone such as yourself, who is a visible person, working musician, you're not necessarily on the tonight show, but you work regularly, you're a visible person and you're meeting a certain level of criteria as a visible artist. There's no reason why you couldn't say to them, I love these strings, this particular string. Um, even if we can't work out a deal where I officially endorse you, I'm going to continue to use your product, but I'd love to figure out a way to support this brand. And the response from that is usually better because they do have an an artist program. They have actually, I believe, tiers of it, if I remember correctly, although I'm not as current with them anymore. Um, And there are other strings 
out there that, and it's a much more crowded space and they know it. Clear tone is out there and labella is out there, which, which are, uh, have actually been my current favorite, uh, labella strings I think are fantastic. I love the Markley strings. Uh, and you have to feel that and let them know, but you have to be honest because if you, you come up with some overblown story about, well, I'm doing this and I'm on, you know, good morning, you know, San Antonio and I'm doing this and doing that. It, it's, it doesn't have the weight anymore. A, because they can look for all of it and see it in real time. B, they use next big sound and they use all these other services and C, all they really want is someone who, when they are going to exploit the image of the artist, which is literally how it works, there has to be some benefit to them. What is the benefit to the manufacturer of having your, your likeness, having your quote, they want somebody who's, who's really out in the trenches doing it It, at whatever level. It's always great to have a, a highly visible artist, but you have to remember what that means. I mean, you have guys that, that were huge, 15 years ago, huge touring acts that are now not even playing in bars. And yet they're going after deals all over the place. Cause I was the bass player for whatever. Okay. What are you doing now? And that's always been my, my, my first question when I deal with anything with artist relations on the company side is what's your next project. I don't, what happened up till now, it doesn't, take away from the validity of what they did. And, and clearly it's, it's all really wonderful and all that, but uh, that's built your reputation. What is your next project? What's coming up for you? What are you going to do? And that's both so that the company can support it. And also to, to have a measure of, of uh, it's a good barometer for where the person is career wise. And, and that, as long as you're honest, if you say, Hey, you know what? We have a residency gig at a, at a club here. We're going to do, you know, Tuesdays in, in November, you would get a better response than, well, we're working a deal with this company and we're going to, you know, we're hoping to sign papers and like, eh, whatever, <laughs> you know? So Paul, you can smell it, it. In, in this scenario, Paul should just contact Dean Markley directly and say, Hey, I just wanted to reach out. I play your stuff. I'd I'd love to see if there's something we can do together, but either way, I'm going to keep playing your stuff. And you know what else? And this is my, my personal take on this. If you buy them consistently from the same dealer, whether it's a mom and pop brick and mortar shop or it's online is let them know where you say, man, these guys have been so great to me, especially if it's a mom and pop business. Yeah. They have taken such good care of me. They recommended your product to me. And this is where I go. And sometimes they'll even say, if it's a dealer, and it depends on what it is, they'll even say, hey, you know what, we'll, we're going to ship a, you know, we'll ship a case of strings and we'll give you, you know, we'll give you 10 over dealer or they'll give you whatever. Uh, it, it just depends on the situation. Here's, here's another scenario for you. And you guys may, may or may not know this. I don't know. Um, every couple of years, I take on sort of a mentor type project. I find some talented kid or group or something and will, if they would like to, we'll work with them and, and help them in some fashion if they, if they would like to. And right now I'm working with this kid and if you guys see my social media stuff, I'm sure, you know, this profoundly talented young drummer, whose name is Max Nudy, N-U-D-I. It's just, they couldn't be nicer. He's one of the most genuine kids. And I'll tell you how I found him. He's at the NAMM show with uh, another drummer, uh, Keith McJimson, who's the drummer for Ariana Grande. Uh, and he's one of the guys that, that uh, not everybody knows his name, but this is a guy who is, you know, working on a guitar center when he's on tour, he's playing arenas and stadiums. And when he's home, he's home and he does gigs. Uh, and one of the great, nice guys, young guys. So we're walking through the hall at the NAMM show and we hear this drummer and I'm, we're, we're trying to play, you know, guess who's playing, you know, like, man, that's a sound like it's clearly a, it's a signature style of playing. You can hear it. You can hear it. And we're going, man, who do you think it is? And we're naming all these different names of drummers and everything, but it's something that's just this flavor to it. We walk around and it's this kid, this young kid, he's like 14 years old or something. 
And we, the two of us just stood there and listened to this kid go through just the, the groove, the, the, just how deep that pocket was. And just that style, like, man, this kid sounds like himself. There is really something going on. So he was there with his mother. Um, and I said, how did you get to the show? And what's his, she says, it's his birthday. His birthday gift was to come to the NAMM show that he's, he loves playing. He loves what he does. He wants to be a professional musician. And so I talked to them anyway, the long and the short of this is inside of 18 months, he's signed endorsement deals with four companies, not massive companies, but wonderful, good quality companies that he loves for the sound specifically because not only do they make the sound that he immediately was drawn to and now uses in all his videos and everything else. Um, but they're really good people to deal with. They've been very attentive. They recognize the fact that this kid's got just massive ability. And, um, I, I, at the risk of, I don't want to, I want to respect his privacy a little The in any case, this past year at the NAMM show, uh, he came out again and we wandered around and, and he's been in touch with more manufacturers and, and they, they love him. He's good looking, young kid, very visible. This guy doesn't have a live gig, no live gig. He's in school still. He had, you know, um, so I took him to a friend of mine who is the, the head of one of the big major music colleges, one that I'm sure you guys would know. And they said, well, look, we have a, a summer program. If you say he's good, we're just going to go ahead and, and put him through if he's, if he'd like to attend, which I thought was one, you know, on my say, so I was very generous of them to say that, but th- this is, as you know, it has to be the best or I don't even bother. So he goes to this program and they called me in his second or third day as he's playing drums and all of the, some of the, I mean, you're talking about a dozen of the best drummers in the world that are on records that I'm sure we all own are all going, who is this kid who everybody recognizes his ability, everybody. And so they called me the, the the director of this program called me and said, if he'd like to go to college here, we're going to go ahead and waive all the admission testing and everything else he's in that we want him on our roster. We want, in other words, that's, another type of endorsement deal. I mean, this is a very difficult school to get into a very auspicious music program that has produced some phenomenal people and, you know, really, really well-respected musicians. And, uh, on top of these manufacturers saying, yes, we want to build this, this kid as a brand. Um, this, the great, you know, one of the great music programs, you know, at the collegiate level has said he has to come here. Mm-hmm. That's this awesome. Is, this, you know, and so you don't have to be on TV every night to get endorsements. This is a kid who's, who's not old enough to sign his own contract. And he's such a profound talent and such a wonderful kid and represents these, these brands so well, even at this stage in his life, you know, he's able to, meet the the items on the checklist for the manufacturers so that they see the that not only is this kid fantastic but there's a future there yep so you you have a life to it and i think that's that's part of it i really do i think it's really part of it so and and i think it's important for our listeners to know this kid's got 303 well now 304 twitter followers right i mean it's he's not he's you know he doesn't have this massive presence but he's doing the right things. And, and to your point, he's being honest with what he can do and what he can't do for these people. That's right. Yeah. You know, what's really funny about that too, about the thing with Twitter is boy. And uh, boy, you talk about having a birthday, but I ever feel old on this one. He, he doesn't use Facebook and rarely uses Twitter. He's right. Instagram, Instagram and Snapchat. Okay. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's like, and the, the you know, I try not to be insulted by that. He's like, he's like, oh man, you know, only people over 30 are doing that stuff. I'm like, look, man, come on. <laughs> but it's a telling statement because when you look at his Instagram account and you look at, at the other things, his, he has, he has that something yep. that, that when you look at the numbers 
and you look at the statistics of, of who it is, the quality of people that follow him, it's, it's, you, you, you are seeing recognizable people in the music industry who see this kid as the future. That's my nickname. I call him the future. Cause I think he's, That's I think awesome. we're all going to we're all going to be students of him at some point down the road. You know? So I really Dan, guess. here's a question for you. So say, you know, our listeners, you, you, you call you, you're in love with the product. You call the manufacturer to tell them you inquire about some kind of a, you know, a endorsement representation type of thing for the kind of semi pro guy. What type of things can you expect that the manufacturer will want from you? Well, let's, let's double back a little on that because what they're going to want from you is let's, let's talk about this, the posturing of this. The first thing is that there's a, a major misconception about how these things work. Companies don't endorse the artist. The artist endorses the brand. They, are asking you to say that you love their products and they get the right to use your image, your likeness, your quote, whatever in their marketing. They're looking for a certain list of things that so that they can exploit the artist by definition, not in a negative connotation. So when you get a, when you get somebody who says, Oh man, uh, I need cases. Who can I, what company do I go to? Man, it took me, it took me almost two years when, excuse me, when I, when I started to properly evaluate the cases and some of the companies I even said, you know, one company was willing to send me a small box to, to just see, and I took it on loan and sent it back to them. Another one said, oh, you have to buy it or whatever. And, and I said, look, it's fine. You know, uh, if it's something that I need, I will purchase it and see what happens. And I, you know, and eventually I bought one piece and this is a long time ago now. What are they looking for? They want, they want somebody again, who's going to be proud to use the product who really understands the philosophy of the company. Um, you should have just called me, you know, I would have told you to go to Humes and Berg. <laughs> Is that who you I went with? This. I did go to Humes and Berg. Yeah, and I'll course. tell you, I'll tell you, I had, I had all these companies and everybody was really excited about the idea. And I talked to Mike Berg and I, in fact, I just talked to him just a few minutes ago. I just got a note from him a couple of minutes ago. That's awesome. And, uh, and said, as as I would if I were working with the company and I don't work with them in a, in a consulting basis, how is this different? How is it better? And who's going to want it? And he said the right thing. He said, this is a company we've been doing this, you know, almost a hundred years. And when you, when you see the difference, you, you feel it instantly, you know that your equipment is going to be safe in so many words. And then I started to talk to people about it because their stuff is very traditional, even though they make some funky colors and all this, man, I have, I, I have a piece from them. They made me a mic box as an example. Uh, it's not even on their website that they even make this thing. And they made me this, this mic box that inadvertently fell off the, the loading dock. And there wasn't a mark on it. Not a mark. on. I have, I had thousands of dollars worth of mice in this thing. Boom, and I thought, oh Jesus, six foot drop, I'm in trouble, man. Uh, all these, some of these mics, you know, are are, are very sensitive. They're not a mark, not a nothing. Everything worked perfectly. That 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 was a, a great thing. So I'm a big fan of of their products all the way around, and and it's it's a joy to deal with them. And that's not a huge huge company, and their I think some of their best stuff is nothing to do with drums. They make you know trumpet mutes and stuff like that, you know. And, and the consistent thing is the quality that's their common denominator. And I think that's, that's really cool. But yeah. it, anyway, to focus a little bit more on what we're talking about, you know, you have to remember that companies, even if they sponsor an artist by giving money toward the, for, towards a clinic or uh, something like that, that's a different situation. But as the artist they don't endorse you. You endorse them. You are, you know, not only representing the company, but you know, you have an obligation to be loyal to them, to not use other brands, particularly if you're going to be on TV or on the radio, 
anything that's really visible where you're photographed, you want to be using, you know, their products in, in whatever capacity, because that's, that's what the intent is. That's part of, of the responsibility of the artist with a company. Um, you know, they have to be your one and only choice and for all the right reasons, because in, in the other, on the other side of that, they're going to use your picture and they're going to use your quote and they're going to put you in their advertising and whether it's free gear or discounted gear or none of the above. And you're just working with the company for the, for the sheer love of the, of the quality. And you say to them, yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to let you use my quote even if I'm paying for the product. Right. You know, and, and that happens a lot. Uh, it, it's, it's worth doing if you love it because it's the difference between again, being a career musician and, and just kind of, you know, looking for free stuff. Um, there's a philosophy that a couple of companies have that I really, really like. Uh, and it's, it's pretty much an, uh, uh, an MI fan musical instrument manufacturer thing, which basically is the belief and the understanding that we make products for musicians. Therefore, everyone who uses our product is an artist. So if we were to give an artist relations program, the ability to give away free gear, we'd be giving free to everyone. And that's not, that's not right. Yeah. That's not, that's not a way to run a business. (laughs) No, there's, there's no return on the investment. Zero. So there are companies in pro audio and in MI and in musical instrument manufacturing that will say, we love that you love our stuff. We'll put you in our marketing materials, but we don't have any specific program. And that's kind of where it starts. Um, But there are other opportunities. That doesn't mean that because it's not a formal endorsement agreement that it's not worth doing it means that that people know that if you're working with this brand or that brand and that's the program that they offer that it's really what you love genuinely what you love and the companies are more likely than to use their you in their marketing and that helps build you as a brand so if you are the drummer the guitar player the bass player and you are dealing with a company that offers no discount, you're buying the product, but they're saying, man, you've been posting all this great stuff and, and it's really cool. We're going to do a banner ad with you. You get bragging rights on the other side of that. You put that on your page. You say, Hey man, I'm, I'm the featured artist for this company. And anybody who knows that company knows what a big deal that is, particularly if you're trying to further yourself in the industry, because the insiders, of the industry know, man, you're working with those guys. That's the real deal. That's, that's the real deal. And ultimately in a lot of cases, if you have that kind of relationship with a company and it stays long-term at some point down the road, they'll do something for you. Sure. Well, it, you, like you said, you start somewhere and it, and it builds. I found, um, uh, Vic Firth is a drumstick manufacturer and mm-hmm. they, they have on their website, they've got their artist, uh, uh, what do they call it? Their artist relations department endorsement inquiry form. And it's a <laughs> link to it because before they even get to the, you know, put your name in here, put your address in there. There's three pages worth of them explaining, you know, their views on this stuff that you've been telling us. So even if you're not a drummer or if you're a drummer and, and you're not playing Vic first sticks, it's worth reading this just to get a feel for what, you know what these companies are actually looking for. They're pretty honest about it. And it's, it's, it's actually refreshing. It's nice to see. Yeah. And it, I mean, it matches a lot of what you're telling us here. It's, it's great stuff. Yeah. And there's, there's a, there's a thing that we, we call when I do marketing with some of these companies is the thing we call the me too factor. And Vic Firth has it all day long. And I love those guys. The, the guys that the, uh, I know them for years and years because they've, come from other companies and we all know each other as sort of a, a strange familial relationship with a lot of the manufacturers. And um, a lot of the time, because uh, as Vic Firth being the example has so many high profile artists that everybody wants to play them just because their favorite drummer sure. is using that stick. Yeah, the and endorsements work. Has, yeah. That has a lot of, and that's the endorsement. Yep. That's the endorsement. And Vic Firth is one of the companies that does 
terrific marketing about like my perfect pair hashtag is their campaign. Yep. They, um, they do signature sticks for drummers and the program is really cool. What they'll do is they'll say, we're going to make you X number of bricks, you know, a case like the small cases of sticks. And uh, if they sell beyond a certain point, you know, potentially they'll, they'll roll them into a certain fixed period of time uh, as a regular item. Because there are guys that'll say, I, I like this stick, but I want that, that, that bead tip on it yep. with this weight. Yeah. Oh, trust me, man. I, I went through having my own custom drumsticks designed because Capella went out of business and I wanted to get something that was balanced the same. And uh, I talked to Vic Firth, actually. They had they didn't have the knives to make it, but I found the guy that did. And it, it was weird. It turned out he lived 20 minutes from me. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. It's just, you know, but but everybody knows each other in the drumstick uh, manufacturing industry, yeah. which is no great surprise. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of small, right? There's, there's just not no, too many people. True. It, yeah. And even the boutique ones are really cool. And actually, yeah. I think it's, I think it was innovative percussion. I think they're called. Okay. They, they did mostly orchestral and yeah. uh, a, a different the mallets and things like that. And they've just recently entered the space and they make a really nice stick, very different. Yeah. Um, really good, really, really good quality stuff. Um, and there are the, the, I, I've been working with the Hornets, which I've been, Oh yeah. You've been with them for a long time. Years in your small boutique company, uh, out in Oregon, the quality is ridiculous. Um, it's, it's, Really, the way I found them, and I'm sure I've told you this story, Dave, but I mean, years years ago when I was really touring, when I was playing much of our high-profile stuff, um, years and years ago, I had Zildjian, this, Zildjian when they were really making sticks early yeah, on, right. 80s, you know? And uh, unfortunately, every time I liked the stick, it would get discontinued. Every time. <laughs> Welcome every to my time. life. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so when I changed my role on tour and I was out on tour in other capacities. I was scout for almost seven years or so. And then went back to playing again. I, I had to find sticks. It drove me nuts. I couldn't find anything that was balanced. I couldn't find anything that had the, the right throw. And actually even just in the last few weeks, Promark has introduced the, a new uh, forward throw stick, very much like the Hornets. Uh, think a little heavier, which, which, you know, for me personally is not necessarily my thing, but all these, all the, these companies are responding to the fact that that people are playing differently. Yes. And not only are they playing differently with more finesse, but the sticks have had to change because they're still heavy hitters and bashers. They're still super light touch jazz guys and they're still backbeat guys and still everything in between. But because of the technology in monitors, because of the technology in uh, traditional drum fills, side fills in in-ears and all of these things, you don't have to necessarily smash full out downbeat anymore like you used to. That's right. And as the younger kids are, are starting with that, the technique has changed. And this is also true with guitars and, and pickups there where the, you know, we used to call them really hot pickups. You know, you don't need the pickups to be quite as hot anymore because the the kids are are starting out understanding gain structure in a way that we never had. We were like, turn it up, yeah, right, right, boost everything, everything to eleven. You know, and that's that's how it went. Now these kids get it, man. I mean, I I, I mixed a band the other night that um, uh, about a week ago where the kids came in and they had really just not over the top, not crazy boutique stuff, but super, super good quality Bogner amp and not a new one. The kid knew enough to find the old Celestian speaker, original, you know, Bogner guitar amp with uh, uh, a gold top Les Paul and, and not crazy loud. Fantastic. Like tone like it was hard to believe. It's just it, brilliant. You listen to, you listen to a kid who understands, you know, how to get his sound and understand that the tubes need to warm up, but you can, you know, you don't, you don't want to turn it up to the point where, where you blow it out. Are you blowing it out? Yeah. Find that you find that point. Uh, bass player, there's a young phenomenal bass player, Johnny Hayes, who I've known, I mixed him on a worship gig and he's now playing with a, a country band, Nash Carey, really killer. He's working four or five nights a week he understood the concept of tone 
uses a J48, a radial engineering direct box with uh, um, an MTD custom built base that he just got. And people are blown away by the fact that this young guy can play with the attack that he does, but with the finesse that he does, the dynamics that he does out of this little, this little amp that he carries with him. And yet his, his attack, even for the, for the, the heaviest stuff, it's all about the tone. It's all about the sound because they've, they've learned this from the beginning. And that's something that changes the structure of some of these endorsement deals because having the, you know, the, the, a little less of the Nigel Tufnell mentality and a little more of the, you know, the, the kind of understanding the, the foundation of, of tone and performance so that you don't have to think about your sound when you're playing, where you can be in the moment and play comfortably and play from that really genuine place. That's really cool. You know, that that's something that the kids start with now, which I just think is awesome. No, it, it's good. And, and so you, you, you did what we needed to do is not only did we cover the topics that we needed to cover and, uh, and not only do we talk about some fun stuff, but you, you pulled the spinal tap reference. So we, we have completed the circle, <laughs> you. For, the circle of life. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> man, I thank you so much for, for coming and joining us today, especially on your birthday, but on any day you, uh, would be a welcome, uh, uh, guest here, man. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for, for coming on, Dan. Where can, where can people find you if they want to, if they want to learn more about you, we'll put a link in, in the show notes to, uh, to all of this. Oh, very cool. My, my main website is danieleast.net. It's uh, D A N I E L E A S T like the direction danieleast.net. My company is the ECI group, which is ECI group.net. Um, and all my live sound is, uh, my Facebook page is slash the mix doctor. That's, I do a, a live Periscope Monday through Friday at 3 PM Eastern time, which is just basically 10 minutes of me talking about working within ears and how to make it work or whatever with live sound. I do that as well. So I'm, I'm findable, uh, at the mix doctor or, uh, any number of those places, but please definitely check out the sites. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. We're, we're going to have you on again. And, uh, and you and I can really, actually the three of us can geek out about in ears at some point. Cause that would be a great, uh, follow uh yeah. conversation. Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Yeah, man. Paul, Good you got anything, down. anything to uh, add before we take the, take things out of here? I'm going to call Dean Markley. That's what I'm going to do. That's it's what, and, and really that's the takeaway for everybody is make the phone call, pick your favorite vendor and talk to him. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to say, thanks. Uh, keep in touch. Right. I mean, that's, that, they're not going to treat you poorly. That's for and sure. You know what? And the, the capper to that is if you don't know who to talk to and you don't want to cold call them, we have the tools, go to LinkedIn, look yeah. up the company. Who do you, who do we really talk to? Find out who the person is responsible without going over their heads and saying, I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. Just be honest and say, I, you know, I, I love your stuff. I just really wanted to talk to somebody and you might get lucky and you might not, but yep. at least you give it a shot and you, you go to the right person to do it. That's it folks. We want to hear your stories. Email us feedback at giggabpodcast.com. Tell us how you did. And, uh, and we will share your stories on, uh, on the next show or the show after that, or the show after that. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for everybody. Well, thank for you listening. Guys. Always a pleasure. Always, always, always. I appreciate it. Awesome. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye-bye.